did you know I auditioned to be a contestant on this game show? And then almost became a contestant until I got disqualified? Yeah, I didn't bring it up in the entirety of the episode, so I guess it's a good thing to bring it up in the cold open. This is Game Shows, I suppose. Everybody and welcome to the niche podcast about the one thing that I know something about game shows, I suppose. I'm your host, Jordan Haas. Today we're asking the question, are you smarter than a fifth grader? But before we get through that, we gotta get through near to the end. We're at the home stretch, folks. Only a couple left. The 110 part series exploring every pricing game from the prices right. This is the Pricing Game Spotlight. Here we go. Hot Seat. September 23rd, 2016-7615K. Small Seat is a small and pricing game on stage, which debuted on Prices Right September 23rd, 2016, 7615K. Thank you for that. Uh, the contestant will sit in the titular hot seat, the only game where they get to sit down, and will be shown five small prizes, each of which has a price. The contestant has 35 seconds to hit a red button if the price is higher, or a blue button if it's lower than the price is shown. The hot seat will move the player down the line behind each of those five items after locking in all five guesses or if they run out of time, whichever comes first. The contestant is told that all the correct guesses will be revealed first before any incorrect guesses. So you get right before you get wrong. The hot seat moves to each item one at a time to reveal its price, with each correct guess moving the contestant to the next cash prize on the ladder. $500, $2,500, and $20,000. The contestant can walk away with their winnings at any time, but if they have an incorrect guess, it's revealed and the contestant is still in. If the game ends and all cash accumulated is lost, the contestant gets to keep any small prices won up to that point in the game. Understand? It's AB speed round. Kind of like more or less speed round, but with smaller prizes but bigger stakes because $20,000. A uh, hot seat debuted on September 23rd, 2016, was one. On October 5th, 2016, on its second playing, Gyla was the third contestant called to come down, but had to start better enough to go before the next item was revealed. Opting to bail out 5,000 on third level, had she kept going, uh, she would have had shot the big one and everything correct and blew $20,000. Even though this was taped before the premiere episode, it did not become the usual format. Uh, so they had to figure out if we want to go before the next time. Okay. On October 27, 2016, Big Money Week, the top prize was $100,000. Here's 
with 2,500, 5,000, 10,000, 25,000. Contestant bailed out 25,000. Then it was played again with 100,000, with bailing now at 10,000. On October 1, 2016, the game experienced its first complete loss. On that plane, the losing coins were not played. Hasi is one of only two pricing games where none of the show's models are involved, the other one being Grand Game. On November 21st, 2016, as part of Chess Week, Contestant Nicholas bailed out with 10000 Also, Hot Seats actually to prices have higher or lower printed beneath them, similar to that bonus game. The pictures below are for... Okay. December 16th, Contestant bailed with $5,000. Uh, the names of the contestants in these were Diane, Beatra, Gamer... Okay. December 30th, 2016, the game experienced its second loss. January 16th, 2016... Uh, contestant bailed 10,000. Had she kept bowling, she would have had 20,000. May 9, 2017, third loss. October 19, 2017, stopped at 2,500. They would have had 20,000. November 10, 2017, second win. Uh, November 21st, 2017, third win. On February 27, 2018, uh, first to get all pricing games, winning nothing. Also, the game's first wipeout on April 5th, 2019. Air Dive Game experienced its fourth win. Uh, there's a list of solutions, whatever. Hot Seat was w- the name of a ho- short-lived... Jesus, we're going to... Okay. <sighs> okay, this is the who gives... The- this is really... This is under trivia. Hot Seat, which is a stereotypical name in a lot of things. Hot Seat was also the name of a short-lived game show hosted by Jim Peck and created and produced by Merrill Heater and Bob Quigley that ran ABC as a pilot on January 17, 1976, and as a series from July 12th to October 22nd, 1976. It was also the name used for the contestants' chair on the hit international game show Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, or Millionaire for short. Also, the money ladder is similar to the money tree on Millionaire. It's not. It's not doubling after every question. Hot Seat was also the segment on the Game Show Network's original Game Show Baggage with Jerry Springer. Hot Seat is one of the three pricing games that need a lot of time to start up, Rat Race and Double Cross being there too, so Hot Seat can be played no earlier than third, except for when it was first played Valentine's Day 2019. So, I just dislike this uh, those trivia games. I love the game, though, but I hate the, the prize tree, if that makes sense. Because this is the... Because it... Because... Here's what I like about Hot Seat. It's the higher-lower speed round aspect because that's supposed to throw you off. But what I hate about it is when they go to the money tree and you hear that bum, bum, boom, bum, boom, bum, because it reminds me so much of Let's Make a Deal that I feel like we're just borrowing this from Let's Make a Deal because of the price tree and the price distribution. Because they go from 500 to 2500 is a five times leap. Why don't you just make it $1,000? It makes no sense at all. Uh, to me, I feel like you should start at $1,000 and then double it. So it's 2000 4000 8000 16000 Kind of like it's in the bag. But they don't want to, people to assume it's like it's in the bag. But they have a $20,000 cash prize. So people are going to assume it's like time is money too. So here's how I feel it should be done. Here's how Jordan thinks hot seat should be played. Because I, I hate that prize tree so much. I think you should you should not give it $500 and then do that jump up to $2,500. I think it should be one to five, ten twenty five. It should be twenty five thousand. 
Because you're trying to make it so it's at certain points you have to think about rather to stop. And while 20,000 is game show classic for free model, much like 25,000 on match game, I think making it 25,000 or 50,000 might make people want to take that risk to gamble it even more. But you don't want to go too high up. I think 20,000 is a perfect amount for this game. But I think then the prize distribution needs to be allocated differently. 1,000, 2,500, 5,000, 10,000, 25,000. Something like that. Because that 500 just feels feels weak. And I think they intentionally want to make it weak because they want people to continue playing. But why not just make it 1,000 bucks? 1,000, 2,000, 5,000, 10,000, 20,000. Something like that seems like a much easier prize tree. 1, 2, 5, 10, 20. You save yourself money on one spot, goes to another. Or you do mine. 1, 2, 1, 2 and a half, 5, 10,000, 25,000. Because you seem to be doing the 25s. Either of those two. But I really want that first amount to be $1,000. And work its way up. Or you make more pressure and you just keep playing. What I like about this game is the reveal, and I think that's what needs to be done. It's a fast, speed-paced AB game, but it's played in, It's played so long, it, play, it takes too much time to warm up. But at the same time, if, if you're going to take too much time to play that game, I think the price stakes needs to be a little higher than $20,000. Um, but that's just me. So, like, Hot Seat is a fun game. I like seeing that be played because it kind of feels like old-timey game. It feels like a modern game show because they're sitting in the seat, big money, there's a prize tree and all that. But it still feels like over the top in a way that's like... I Prices right pricing games need to be like built out real quick too. Like Rat Race feels special because it's the little uh, mechanic. But this feels like you're going to be taking like a good 10 minutes to make sure everything is set up. And this needs to be done on the fly and uh, i don't know if hot seat is that is, needs 10 minutes to set up i think just display the prop on a screen or have something else light up you can have like a 35 second display somewhere else on screen um but it's just, to me it's just it feels like there's a lot of things missing in hot seat and it feels like there's a lot of things added on that's not necessary this feels like a let's make a deal game than a price is right game. It's when basically trying to say, and you either need to add a cash prize or you need to make that first start that $1,000, much like every other pricing game that they have. Because um, I, I just think that the values are just wonky. So next time on the pricing game spotlight, the last pricing game. Redlock.
Hello, everybody, and welcome to Game Shows, I Suppose, The Solo Sessions. I'm your host, Jordan Haas, and today's episode is the iconic Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Where to win $1 million, all you have to do is prove you are smarter than a fifth grader. It's that easy. You gotta picture this. We are in the middle of the big money game show fiesta bowl. We have your one versus 100s. You have your deal or no deals, identities. Who wants to be a millionaire was still in syndication. And CBS didn't even bother because they realized, well, we have our Survivor and Amazing Grace and Big Brother. We, we're good. We don't have to. If we're going to try, let's do a, a Candy Crush. That show came on lighter, but that's beside the point. Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader was Fox's attempt at the big money game show at the time. Yes, they originally had greed in the, in the era of who wants to be a millionaire being succeed. They had greed. CBS had winning lines, NBC had 21. We are in the second stage. We're in the 2008 era of big money game shows. NBC was basically hammering home all of these ideas from deal or no deal to one versus 100. ABC had an identity crisis and wanted to do family shows for some reason and wipe out. But Fox, Fox was on top of it because they still had American Idol. And they were trying to figure out, can we have our very own quiz show again? We need a big money quiz show. And this was a show that they picked up. Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Was Mark Burnett, Barry Posnick, and John Stevens over at MGM at the time. People got to remember now, Mark Burnett, the, the figurehead of all of our shows, like Survivor and The Apprentice and whatever, he's now at MGM. He's not really the Mark Burnett Productions guy, even though he can still do his own production stuff. He's the MGM guy, and he, along with Barry and John, came up with this quiz show idea based on the simple act of answering elementary school-level questions. The story goes that uh, Mark Burnett was trying to help uh, his kid with homework, and this was social studies questions, and one of the questions was, name the five Great Lakes, and he couldn't do it. One, because Mark Burnett is not an American citizen, he's a person from London, but secondarily, that this was such a tough question in his mind that he felt like this should be a game show concept. Because it's one thing to ask the question of who was the very first vice president of the United States, but it's another when you have big money on the line. So yes, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader does take cues from Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. However, instead of dramatic light, uh, scary music playing in the background, there is world building. And in this world building, Jeff Foxworthy, who is the show's host in the initial run, and there's three formats we're going to be talking about today. The original Fox-developed series and its rebooted series. Second, the syndicated run in both its styles. And three, the newest rebooted version on Nickelodeon. Because those are the three incarnations of Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader that frankly matter. So there is world building in the show. Instead of a classic game show set, they make it a classroom game show set. It's hard to explain, but just bear with me. So the 
as the first thing you see when we enter the show is Jeff Foxworthy walking down uh, a side as if to say like he's walking in, in like an empty classroom, like elementary school. You see like sidewalk chalk of hopscotch and tic-tac-toe. And he's just standing there with, with question cards. And all he says is, hi, I'm Jeff Foxworthy. We're giving away $1 million to anyone who can prove they are smarter than a fifth grader. It's that easy. He takes one step, almost appears like he's about to open the door. The facade slides open to reveal this gigantic classroom set. There is a giant LED screen that's made to look like a chalkboard. There's a secondary screen on the right-hand side made to look like a secondary chalkboard. There is two levels of school desk featuring five names of classroom kids and a little tunnel. As he is standing up on stage, the floor that looks like giant tiling is starting to light up like a disco ball. It's just like flashing all over the place. As kids, five 10-year-olds run down a corridor, throwing their backpacks in the cubby holes and saying hi and waving and sitting at their respective desks, waving to the crowd. One side looking like they're on little bleachers, like they're in a high school auditorium, and another on the second floor of the classroom, looking down on the show, essentially replicating the ring of fire uh, set design it is on millionaire but instead of a circle like a little ring it's like a square of fire if that makes sense <laughs> like it's it's only one, it's two sets of bleachers on one side and then two sets of and then like a raised platform bleacher thing on the on the raised roof so there's like a two-story uh audience like balcony and then there is just like bleachers like classic game show bleachers complete with the light up staircase because every game show back in 2007 had to have light up staircase for some reason uh and while there was a bit of shiny floor around it this game show did not have shiny floor this is not a shiny floor game there's no linoleum if unless you count the white tile with disco lights as linoleum in shiny floor then yeah i guess so but no they were going for disco lights they were going for this is like an updated classroom in the set there is a light up globe with nothing listed there are goldfish in the bowl two goldfish by the way and this is where i love to say this the names of the goldfish on are you smart in the fifth grader on the desk in the classroom One's named Mike and one's named Darnell, named after Mike Darnell, the head of Unscripted at Fox at the time. I love knowing some weird factoid information like that. So you have the classroom desk where Jeff Foxworthy is the teacher. This is the teacher's desk. So you have like a little Mr. Foxworthy name tag. You have a little fake globe. You see different books on there. They're nonspecific. You see different like pens and pencils, like a grading sheet. And then you see the giant chalkboard. You see the cubby holes. You see uh, like little maps and different constellations. Class, like you have to think classic elementary school classroom. If if you have a if you're a parent right now and you have a kid that's currently in elementary school, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The cork board backdrop with the little bubble text saying like, uh know your states and then you see like all the 50 state flags but not specifically what's what 
So in the show, as you see this oversized classroom game show set piece, which already separates it from any other game show, there are two podiums made to look like school desks, but they have little HD TVs that display the Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader logo. Why? I don't know. It looks cool. It really has nothing to do with the show whatsoever. Then you see a little trim around the school lights. And by default, it's blue. But then it follows game show uh, logic of red, green, and, and yellow. And white. I should probably say white's the most important light in this show. So Jeff Foxworthy wearing his suit and in denim pants looks like a teacher. He's trying to look like he is a teacher of fifth grade. Uh, he has glasses. He has his note cards that say he's more than a fifth grader. And he's pointing at people. He's still being his, his, he's trying to be his blue collar self while looking like a teacher. Hi, class. Hi, Mr. Foxworthy. Are you ready to meet our new student? Because he got to do flavor text. Flavor text is the most important thing here. They're not contestants, they're students. They aren't categories, they're subjects, just like you would see in school. The partners are your classmates. And the lifelines are called cheats. But more on that later. <laughs> this show is full of flavor text. I love flavoring when it works. Like when Big Brother says it, like you're, these are house guests, I believe them. When Survivor says these are survivors, you believe them. So the contestant is a new student. And suddenly your large adult son is running down the hallway screaming hooting hollering pretending like he is a, like a big ass 10 year old just running down the hallway high-fiving the kids like hey how's it going kids what's up and as he's running down jeff foxworthy gives them a, a quick bio so for, for me because we're just going to assume i'm the contestant here why because i am smarter than a fifth grader uh, he is a 31-year-old graduate of Lang Ranch Elementary School. Please give it up for Jordan Haas. And then here I am standing around, hooting, hollering, high-fiving the kids. They then show on the uh, light-up chalkboard, because it's just a TV monitor, uh, a photo of you as a fifth grader. And depending on how old you are, some it will be in color, some in black and white, and others you're kind of wondering what decade they were even from. And now we get to explain the rules of the game. I love this format. The rules are quite simple. On the board, you're going to see 10 subjects. They range from the first grade through the fifth grade. The first correct answer is worth $1,000. The 10th correct answer is worth $500,000. If you can pass this fifth grade test, we will give you one final question that will be worth $1 million. Get a question wrong or walk away at any time. The game is over and you must look into that camera and say TV's most embarrassing confession I am not smarter than a fifth grader. Do we have a deal? All right, well, let's find out. Is Jordan Haas smarter than a fifth grader? Boo, 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 boo. Now let's get to the very complicated rules that are the actual thing and not just the rules bill that Jeff Foxworthy says in the start of every show. There are 10 categories, uh, and they're divided into different grade levels. So first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. At no point do any of the subjects repeat. 
So it's going to be first grade U.S. history, first grade astronomy, second grade animal science, second grade uh, uh, social science, or uh, let's say something like second grade geography, third grade grammar, third grade literature, fourth grade uh, uh, fourth grade uh, anatomy, fourth grade uh, world geography, fifth grade U.S. history, fifth grade U.S. geography. So, so they're all different, and they're all in different subjects. The contestant then gets to pick one of the five classmates to help them out. The one of the five, par I'm their partners, they're your classmates. These are actual ten-year-olds who are either child actors at the time, or really, really smart kids that were cast to be on the show because they live in the Los Angeles area. They're not fed the questions ahead of time. However, every question that would pop up will definitely be in the curriculum of whatever grade they're in. So because they're all fifth graders, yes, you might they will be guaranteed to help you in fourth grade, third grade, second grade, first grade. But if you get fifth grade, they might not have even gotten that subject yet or they're just learning it for the first time. So then you'll go to, like, say, the second grade science question because you can pick them in any order you like. You picked your classmate. You asked them what their favorite subjects are, science and math. Okay. I want the second grade science question. For $1,000, here's your question. And then they point to the chalkboard and the big fuzzy thing shows up and displays the question in a eraser font. True or false, stalagmites hang from the ceiling of caves. True or false, stalagmites hang from the ceilings of caves. Your classmate then gets to write down true or false right next to you, because that's the second podium, and locks in their answer. Then we get to the contestant having to explain the answer, because you have to do that who wants to be a millionaire thing. Well, a stalagmite, well, there's stalagmites and there's stalactites, and I don't, I think stalagmites are the ones on the floor, and stalactites are the ones on the ceiling, so I'm going to lock in false. All right, for $1,000, a true or false stalagmites hang from the ceiling of caves. You said false. It is false. That's stalactites. You just won $1,000. Your kid also put in false and wrote stalactites. So, wow, you're both really smart. Now pick your second subject for $2,000. And the prize tree grows question two will be worth two thousand question three is worth five thousand question four is worth ten thousand question five is worth twenty five thousand question six worth fifty thousand when we get to question seven one hundred thousand dollars then we get to question eight question eight is what i always say is my favorite question in the game because a hundred thousand becomes 175 and i know what you're saying wait that's not double that's that's not fair no it is absolutely fair because to go for 100,000 to 175 means if you're right you gain 75 but if you're wrong you lose 75 because the safe haven is 25,000 if you get question 6 7 8 9 or 10 wrong you drop back down to 25,000 after the 175 Question 9 and question 10 are big money questions. Question 9 is worth $300,000. Question 10, which finishes off the fifth grade exam, 
is worth $500,000. So I should point this out here. Even though the money is going up, the questions aren't getting more difficult. It really is based on the grade level ability. So for some people, maybe fifth grade U.S. geography is what city serves as the state capital of Maryland? Annapolis, by the way. They might stumble on a first grade animal science question where it's which of the following is not a marsupial? A, kangaroos. B, armadillos or C, koalas. Which of the following is not a marsupial? A, kangaroo, B, armadillo, C, koala. Your classmate locks in. By the way, the answer is armadillo. Armadillos are not marsupials, nor are they actually rodents, believe it or not. I should also point out here, an ongoing complaint I remember is, I never learned that in the fifth grade or third grade or second grade. They don't teach that. And I have to frustratingly say, it's not what you learned in grade school. It is what's taught in modern grade school. Are you smarter than a modern fifth grader? And I assure you, I legitimately assure you, every question you will see on these shows is in textbooks intended to be taught to people in that grade level. And if they are stumped as to what is taught in the grade school level, they actually have the curriculum brought to the Los Angeles Unified School District as presented for stage teachers to teach child actors. Every question from which planet is closest to the sun to who is the 42nd president of the United States in one form or another taught in a textbook for kids. That doesn't necessarily mean that you'll see a quiz on kids and it's like, can you name the order of the presidents? No. But if the textbook talks about like the internet age and then suddenly it's like, did you know Bill Clinton, the 42nd president of the United States, along with Al Gore, decided to do this, this, and this? One sentence of Bill Clinton being the 42nd president is a factoid that is verified in the textbook. So therefore, fifth grade U.S. history will be who was the 42nd president of the United States. It really isn't as difficult as people make it out to be. And here's why I know that. At the time of Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader, when I was just graduating high school, before that show even debuted, I was setting myself to be in education. I would say myself to be a grade school teacher myself for elementary school. I ultimately decided against it in favor of television production. Why? Because I'm a big idiot. But mostly because every single time I talk with teachers and chat with teachers, as much as I love education, I love teachers, and I think I get along the easiest with teachers in the education field especially ones that really care about kids, the one thing they always get frustrated about is they don't have the budget to teach certain things or they have a certain mechanic that they want to tell people about or it's against like the procedure of how you actually teach it because we've always taught it this way. And sometimes it's as easy as just drawing two-thirds on a whiteboard and displaying what two-thirds is and then showing how four sixes is exactly the same by doing the same pie chart design. You can't teach it that way. 
but it's a visual aid. Can't do it. So as we are recording this, obviously there is a new there's a new school session. Uh, kids are either back in school and getting sick, or teachers are fi- trying to be frustratingly figure out how to teach through Zoom calls and getting very annoyed because, as the truth might be, some families don't have internet. Some families can't afford bandwidth to to run these calls or they're all on smartphones and they're already past their data limit so so this is a financial ruin for a lot of families and it's nearly impossible to actually get people to understand the curriculum of these classes so when i was in the education field i was a tutor I was tutoring people in in certain fields, especially math. I was a math tutor. I, I'm pretty smart at math, believe it or not. So a lot of times, fifth grade are now teaching algebra. And on Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader, they had a fifth grade math question, and it was basic algebra. Like, what is a variable? Not even getting into exponents, so you know like what squared is or what cubed is. And I heard like, oh, I never learned that till high school. Nope, kids are that smart now. You gotta believe me. Graphing is all the rage in fourth grade. So I used to like go to elementary schools and say hi to kids. Kids are amazing. Kids are really smart, really funny, really silly. And it's very exhausting at the end of the day. But hey, it's a lot of fun. And hey, I even got to go back to the Scholastic Book Fair one time. That was really cool. Uh, but, but so I, I just reminded myself of like different flashbacks in my life. That's like a, that's almost a decade ago at this point. That's, that's so strange. Anyway, uh, so I like go to public libraries because I love to read nonfiction books. And sometimes I like to dip into the kids section because mostly kids books are very fascinating. Some books haven't really changed in almost 40, 50 years. James and the Giant Peach is still a good book. Yeah, Harry Potter's still on. I don't know about that since the allegations of J.K. Rowling. Uh, the turf. But hey, people still read Goosebumps and Animorphs, and now they're reading things like Wayside High. Some are still reading Captain Underpants, which is weird, or Diary of a Wimpy Kid, or they're getting into young adult books at a younger and younger age. So things like Maze Runners somehow around. I'm still confused by that, but you do you. I do suggest not reading Ready Player One, though. But that's that's just me. Anyway, so... I have to assure you, the curriculum is grade-level appropriate on the show. If if you want to really get a full viewpoint of what it is, pick up like those BrainQuest uh, study card games. They're at Barnes & Noble, and I think you can probably get them at Amazon, where it gives you different subjects and different grade levels and tells you different things, because that is age-appropriate. Those are things that are taught to kids at that certain age, and most likely are re-edited into being questions for are you smarter than a fifth grader so when you watched who wants to be a millionaire yeah the questions get harder as you go along but the money goes up so these 100 easy level questions where there's multiple choice you're kind of going well i don't know did moonline win best picture oh i don't know 
because it's all pop culture based or music based or uh, easy geography based. The appeal of Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader is that you're throwing large, large, large amounts of money to these people to make them second guess every answer. It's one thing if there was no cash reward and no stakes, and I was to ask you, who wrote the book Alice's Adventures in Wonderland? But it's another if I said, you have $175,000. If you get this question right, you get $300,000, but if you're wrong, you'll lose $150,000 and go back down to twenty-five. Your fourth grade literature question is, who wrote Alice's Adventures in Wonderland? There's a kid writing right next to you. Do you want to answer this question? Or do you want to walk away, push the button, and quote-unquote drop out of school with $175,000? If you take the risk and you're wrong, you lose so much money. But if you're right, you have $300,000. If you don't know, we have a kid here and you can cheat off their paper. Now we get to talk about the cheats. This is the show where the kids are your biggest help on the show. There is no phone a friend on this show. There is no ask the audience. There is no 50-50. There is three cheats, and they all involve what your partner that you pre-selected wrote down on that paper. The first one is called peak. You basically get to look at what your kid wrote down, and then you can make your decision as you will. But in doing so... You must provide an answer. You can't drop out of school. The second is copy. In copy, you basically say, I don't have a clue. I bet they know it. And you are forced to take whatever answer that 10-year-old wrote down on their paper. You're trusting a 10-year-old with $100,000. If they're wrong, that goes away. If they're right, you get $175,000. It's a big risk, but it does pay off. And then there's one last cheat. It's called save. Suppose you are so confident and you're like, I know this. I know this. AU is silver and I'm going to lock it in. And you buzz in, you're like, I know chemistry. And suddenly, that answer is incorrect. The entire classroom turns red. Now we are in a real scary situation. You just gave me a wrong answer. Normally that would be bad, but you have one second chance in the form of this save. Save is your last breath. You might have gone it wrong, but your partner is right here. If that fifth grader wrote down the correct answer and said that AU is gold, not silver, you are still playing in the game and you have won 100,000 or just whatever value it is. So 1, 2, 5, 10, 25, 50, 100, 175, 300, 500. So yes, there could be a moment where someone is so confident in their answer, they're willing to risk $300,000 to win half a million dollars and then get it wrong. And so half a million dollars rests on a fifth grader. If that kid is wrong, the game is over. 
you're back down to 25, which is what makes the show work. So you have 10 subjects with five grades in two subject categories in each thing, and you pick and choose. So that's out. Now you're down with one more fit first grade. We're cleared first grade, and you're going to second grade. So there's strategy. Some people like to just do first grade, first grade, second grade, second grade, third grade, third grade, fourth grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, fifth grade. Others like to go with the, well, I was really good at math, so I'm going to do math. I, you know, I was really good at social studies, so I'll do social studies. I kind of was good at, at, at astronomy. I think I'll do astronomy next. Okay, do you want to do health or P.E.? Oh, gee, I was okay at P.E.? I guess I'll do P.E. All right. For $25,000 guaranteed, how many players are on a standard team in soccer? And now you get your your complicated, oh, no, but my daughter's in soccer right now, and I haven't paid attention. And, oh, man, meltdowns are fun on that show. So, yes, the big money is basically there to make the, the tension even more high. Because on Deal or No Deal, yeah, you're, you're, you're taking $100,000 or you're risking it to try and go for the million. And there's all that headspace dilemma of what if, what if. But on this show... No, the money's always going to go up, but your what if is if you're wrong on a question about <laughs> what country King Henry VIII ruled. Now, in the modern rebooted version of Are You Smarter Than Fifth Grader, when the show first ended on Fox, they rebooted it. So one question was a classroom question, in which case if the contestant got the answer right, not only did they get money, but a classroom around the country would get a bunch of computers. And I thought, oh, that's really nice and, and a cool little thing to add to the show. In addition to adding profile pics and learning about your kids, and here's like some weird TikTok videos of them doing hula hooping. I don't know why that was in there. That's kind of weird. But I got to point this out now. Suppose you completed all 10 of these questions. You have $500,000. That means the 11th question is now unlocked in your game, and it's for a million dollars. It's the million-dollar question. Suddenly, everything changes in the show. It, depending on which version, if this is the uh, modern reboot version, it's a question for sixth graders. So you're literally trying to figure out a sixth-grade question to outsmart a fifth grader. But alternatively, it's another fifth-grade question, because why not? A few things change. You're not going to see the question before you decide to drop out or not. If you drop out, you take the money, you go home, but you got to say, I'm not smarter than a fifth grader. For this one, you can only see the subject of the million-dollar question before deciding if you want to go for a million or not. You have 500000 Do you want to walk away or do you want to see the million-dollar question? If you decide to go on, the kids can't help you. No cheats are allowed. It's just you and the question by yourself for a million dollars. The million dollar question is in world geography. Do you want to go for it or do you want to drop out? Four. One million dollars. The statue known as Christ the Redeemer is situated on the mountain of what country? The statue Christ the Redeemer sits atop a mountain 
in what country? Which would be Brazil. Or another one. What U.S. state is home to Arcadia National Park? What U.S. state is home to Arcadia National Park? The answer, by the way, is Maine. And, of course, if they win, they buzz in their correct answer. They win a million dollars. They get to party down, confetti drops, and they get to say, I am smarter than a fifth grader to the camera. But if they don't, oh, you won 25000 and you must say, I am not smarter than a fifth grader. Throughout the course of the show, they would decide we actually need to hire some geniuses. So expect Mensa members, people with multiple doctorates, people who might have Nobel Peace Prizes, big awards of some kind that gives them some bit of nobility. This is a Harvard professor. This person studied in MIT and helped launch a satellite into space. But can they solve the fifth grade test? And yeah, there was some gimmick casting with that. And the show would eventually suffer an untimely end. And the show would get canceled. But the show would get rebooted uh, in syndication. And what do we know about syndication? It's, It's a death trap. Syndication is where game shows go to fizzle out because you're not Wheeler, Jeopardy, or Feud. Prize budget is now a quarter of a million dollars, which is actually kind of fair if you think about it. But now the game is a little different. You must go through all 10 questions. You can't drop out of school. And because and the value of the questions are now to fill a bank. So the first questions are worth $500, then I think 1000 then two and a half thousand, then three and a half thousand, then five thousand, until they changed it in season two when it's first, second, third, and fourth, because we don't want to keep writing fifth grade questions. So that way, the fifth question, the fifth grade question, is the bonus question at the end of the show. So one syndicator round try to do eleven questions, and the other try to do nine questions. If you're right, you get the money. If you're wrong, you still have a save, and you still have your peak and copy just like in a normal show. However, if you're wrong, and you're instead of being out of the game, you just lose all your money, and you continue playing, which means a save is the most important thing in the dispensary. And now there are only three classmates per show. Yay. So with the speedier version of nine questions to fill a 20-minute show while still getting commercials for the general and, like, college, like, for-profit universities, this show would not really do so well either. Uh, After two seasons, it just came and went. Fun fact, I was going to be on the first season of the syndicate Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? And then I couldn't uh, be a contestant, mostly because I kind of bragged about Benjamin Franklin, and that was an answer to a couple questions on the show. Anyway, uh, yeah, so Fifth Grader would air the syndicated shows on the hub as a way to just have some quick kids game shows playing. And while Fox's million-dollar game show Fifth Grader would either be half-hour and straddled them into the next episode, 
Like you just got two hundred, you got three hundred thousand dollars. You'll be playing for half a million dollars next time on Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? And then you get next time on Fifth Grader, he's got three hundred thousand dollars, but he's just two away from a million dollars. This is closed, ended books, and that's it. And frankly, I prefer syndicated version a little bit more than this kind of weird. Um, Throw tons of money. Do you want to th- drop out of school and, and take it? Because even though that is the exact premise of what Are You Smart Fifth Grader should have been, which is here's big mounds of money to answer very simple questions, the syndicated version truncated the money. So now the only time you actually have a decision is if you played the game perfectly, you have $25,000. Do you want to go for the bonus question for 10 times the amount? If you're gone, you drop back down to two and a half thousand. So you gain a zero or lose a zero. Of course, in some versions, if it depends on if you have twenty five hundred dollars, you can get twenty five thousand or you get two fifty. But it say you got like twenty thousand dollars, you're playing for two hundred thousand. But if you're wrong, you get two and a half thousand. So it was a weird playoff. But of course, if you don't get the quarter million dollars, you must look into the camera and say, "I am not smarter than a fifth grader." Womp womp, and that—that's the show. And I—I I think the reason it works is because it's bookended, so that way they could easily syndicate it, so you don't have to just be like, "Hey, last time they got three questions right at five thousand dollars," and they're just—you don't have to do that. And while the show sometimes aired in hour-long chunks. In the Fox version, especially the later rebooted version, this one served to be a good half-hour game show. And because it's a kid's game show, they were really adamant on, well, we're not really going to try and get the Mensa people, now we're going to get everyday people, which I thought was actually a better uh, appeal to the show, is now we're going to get weird people, or the people who are the class clowns, or the people who people who are like YouTube celebrities, or like they were grabbing anyone they can get. But after rebooting it, and it flopped, that was a disaster. Now, uh, both these versions, the syndicated game show and the big money uh, price tree version on Fox were adapted into video games uh so are you smart the fifth grader had a pc game first and then it had a bunch of wii games uh make the grade ds games of make the grade uh there is a a really good version on xbox 360 i think you can play it on xbox one but i'm not fully confident in that but i'm gonna assure you i have played are you smarter than fifth grader on almost all these consoles? And I'm pretty good at the show. The last known version of it is actually available for PC, which is an adaptation of the 3DS version of Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? And it's a cookie clicker version of the show, and it's not good. Like most game show adaptations to video games, it's really just shovelware. Lots of good questions, but you don't have a lot of time to think about them, so you usually screw up. And I think that they really underplay the show. The purpose is to you sit it out, but I could understand you want to put a timer on it because, uh, you know, you don't want to Google the answer. But, like, I would rather people say stupid stuff and talk it out loud and then pick the wrong answer than, oh, I think it's, oh, oh no, ah, oh, and time runs out. 
It doesn't work that way. So the show ends, and I start game shows, I suppose, and it's weird. I think that was when the early news segments was me talking about Nickelodeon bringing back Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? And that always hit me like, this is actually like a perfect game show for Nick because the appeal of the show is twofold. One, it's adults trying to answer kid questions. And two, the appeal of the show is that kids are smarter than grown-ups. So if you are a child in second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, and you're watching this show, you're laughing because you know the stuff and you're looking at the kid going, "You come on, you should know this. I believe in you. And they're just screaming at the TV. And when you can have a kid watch a show and scream at a grown-up because they do not know the state that's directly north of Florida, which is Georgia, then you have a really exciting show on your hands. While Jeff Foxworthy was always considered the host of the show, probably because of his infamous you might be a redneck joke of if the if your cla- if your best memories were graduating elementary school, you might be a redneck. He would also do in the syndicated run if you think so-and-so is this, then you might not be smarter than a fifth grader kind of things at the end credits. So Nickelodeon's revival does not have Foxworthy. They see that as like a sign of the times. Maybe Jeff Foxworthy does, doesn't want to do it. So they hire a new host for Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? And it is the strangest casting choice I could think of. John Cena. So yes, John Cena, uh, the guy who was Big Tim on UPN's Manhunt. Do not look it up. It's not a game show. It actually is not considered a game show because it violated a lot of laws. And an extra in the WCW movie Ready to Rumble, who was a star of the wwe uh ruthless aggression era who started out with like a, a prototype gimmick and then would become a white rapper gimmick and then would evolve into being essentially the all-american mvp baseball playing star he wears jorts he wears armbands he wears a baseball cap he does you can see me and he gives people attitude adjustments, and he tells people, you can't see me, and tells people STF, but not STFU, because I uh, you know, Google what that means, I'm a seven-year-old. Anyway, he becomes, like, the biggest Make-A-Wish, like, every Make-A-Wish kid wants to see John Cena, and I don't blame him, he's a really funny guy, really talented individual, a great actor and personality in such movies like Cock Blockers. I think that was my first crude thing being said. I didn't say fuck or shit all episode until now. Cock Blockers. But John Cena is like a good personality, a good, a good easygoing guy. He seems to have wanted to do stuff to retire from professional wrestling. He still likes doing that sports entertainment genre of professional wrestling or sports entertainment if you still want to say wwe uh that he'll show up from time to time and make cameo appearances but other than that i think he just wants to do that next thing he does he wants to be like a dwayne johnson 
uh, and, and figure it out. Now, while Drain Johnson has the Titan games, he already had a game show in his docket, American Grit, a show where everyday citizens get uh, who feel like uh, they're worthless and can't amount to anything and lost and just lost their way and, and just lost the will to, to really fight are, are now going to be uh, in a endurance competition game show where their main influence and motivational speakers are military veterans. That's that. That's the show. And then John Cena gives encouragement. Dig deep, dig deep. That show lasted two seasons and got canceled. Fifth Grader showed up last year. And believe it or not, was a bona fide hit for Nickelodeon and was a show that went from a big money game show on uh, Fox to a, well, technically big money game show on Nickelodeon as their cash prize total is $100,000. But their rules were a little different. Yes, there's still a little classroom. And yes, John Cena is now playing the teacher. But instead of wearing like a blazer and having glasses, he looks like the very, <laughs> he looks like a grown adult child. Because it's just this guy with a nice preppy haircut and he has his blue polo shirt. And because it's John Cena, he's, you know, he's worked in professional wrestling his whole life and he loves bodybuilding. Big, big muscles. <laughs> and just, I think he, he looks like a giant child, but I think he's trying to look like the uh, assistant principal of the school or something. But they changed the format where now it's open-ended. It's it's now book-ended, like the main show. But there's still 11 questions like the show, but they sped it up. Where it is now six questions to build one prize tree. If you're wrong, uh, you stay put. But as long as you get one answer correct, you can keep playing, and you still have a peek and a copy. As your cheats, they got rid of the save. They figure if you're going to get it wrong, stay put. But you can peek or you can copy. So go with the answer or go with your own or just I give up, give it to the kid. You also do not get to decide the turn order. So no more 10 subjects ranging from first grade to fifth grade. It's going to be an order of difficulty. So now the only thing you have to do is pick your classmate. And that's that's your only help besides the, the, the cheats. So you get one first grade, one second grade, two in the third grade, and two in the fourth grade. The catch is you can only use one of the five classmates. We went back to five per grade level. So you pick only one classmate for a first grade question, one classmate for a second grade. Then with the three remaining classmates left, which one do you want for the third grade questions? And then of the two remaining, which one do you want for the fourth grade questions? The first correct answer is worth 250. Second worth 500. Third worth 1,000. Then 2,500. Then 5,000. And if you get six for six, you win game show minimum $10,000. But... I'm getting it, but it, it doesn't stop there. I know what you're saying. You're only going to get $10,000 for six questions. Yeah, but they're easy questions on a cable game show. But after those six questions are read, you have one final classmate at the podium because we forgot one important grade, fifth grade. In the final round, 
They're in fifth grade. There's five final questions, and it's a speed round. You have 60 seconds to answer all five questions. For each correct answer that you get right, you get more and more money. They must lock in their answer, just like in the other rounds. But this time around, there's one last cheat. It's somewhat like a pass. If you don't know the answer or you just want to throw it to the fifth grader, you just use the cheat and we continue going with the 60 seconds to answer the remaining questions. Once we get through all five questions, whatever was the one you decided to do on the final cheat, you get to talk to your classmate and you come up with an answer with no time limit at all, just like any of the other questions at stake. So for instance, if you won the full 10,000, the first correct answer will double your money, meaning you'll get 20,000. The second correct answer of the five will triple it, so you will get $30,000. You get three out of five, four times the amount, that's $40,000. Four out of five right gets you $50,000, and if you ace this final question and get five for five in the fifth grade, 10 times the amount. So 10 times 10 is $100,000. Whatever is the score at the end of the fifth grade is the amount of money you're going home with. There is no flunking out. There is no bonus question. However, if you do not get $100,000, you must look in the camera and say, I'm not smarter than a fifth grader. But if you did, you get to say, I am smarter than a fifth grader. And yes, this is a half-hour game show just like the syndicated run. And it worked. Now, in the it, it, it did have the same similarities as most modern game shows with the color staircase, but they even made a more cartoonish-looking uh, set for the desk. And the buzzers uh, are now apples. So you slap the apple when you want to lock in your answer. Get it? Like when teachers, apple teacher but money it's funny so it's kind of funny that the last act in the show is like a speed round 60 seconds to answer five questions because it's the complete throw of the show where you take your time and you start sweating out these easy questions and now the fifth grade questions there's an abundance of because there's five of them per episode versus two and sometimes a third bonus so now if you're going to see questions on the show the writers are now stuck entirely in fifth grade which i don't know is a good thing or a bad thing here's why i i'm debating that uh because for a writer to do fifth grade means everything is in a fifth grade textbook which means you might wear down the question subjects so if it was me, I'm not saying go for it. Um, I would actually cheat a little, pun intended, uh, and make it so it's all around fields of the fifth grade. It's not necessarily fifth grade. You can kind of cheat a little and go fourth grade or go first grade or second grade. But you make it seem like it's a fifth grade level question by just flipping one little thing. Like, for instance... George Washington's face is on the flag of what U.S. state? Instead of just like, this U.S. is the state of this. But yes, John Cena's version of Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader is personally the best version of Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader. I am not kidding. Because 
A, his personality matches that with kids. This feels like a kid's game show while at the same time feeling like a game show. $100,000 might not be million-dollar big game money, but for Nickelodeon, that's a lot of money. And for the show, that's dead on. Because think about things like uh, Jeopardy or or Wheel of Fortune. On a really good day on Jeopardy, you get twenty grand. On a really good day on Wheel of Fortune, you might be getting forty thousand dollars. But their like grand prize on their big wheel is a hundred grand. So, a hundred grand here seems normal. It's also a big achievement. You have to get eleven questions right in a row, just like in the original fifth grader. Instead of the and in this version where. There is no, you lose everything, start again, where, like, in the syndicated run, you might see someone get, like, $14,000, and then suddenly one wrong answer, you're back to zero. Well, let's repair. You only have $1,500 left to play for. It, you don't want to, you don't feel like you want to watch it anymore. And in the uh, Fox version, someone crashes and burns, the game's over, next player, please. In this version, where they're trying to go for like, uh, I would almost say like a work day, kind of like a career day thing. Like, this is the firefighter. This is the teacher. This is the real estate agent. This is the policeman. This is the baker. I could almost say that they might be giving away almost more money than the syndicated run per half hour, even though there's $100,000 on the line. At the very least... If no, if they flunk out and can't get one of the six questions correct, they would probably not air the episode or just give them like a pity hundred dollars and ask them to continue playing the main show. Because to me, by bookending the show and having it be moderate, moderate stakes, like a hundred grand, still a ton of money, but not like you have to think and overdramatize the consequences of the game. You have a new perspective on the show. So now the game is not who's the second president of the United States for $300,000. And if you get this wrong, like you're losing life-changing amounts of money. Now it's John Cena saying who's the second president of the United States. And instead of the big risk, it's you're only playing for $10,000. So it's not really like it's lower stakes. So feel free to have fun with this. And by making it be fun... It's more engaging to the show that this is a show where parents can watch with their kids and kids can enjoy the show because they feel smarter than the grownups and that you can keep the show going as much as you can as long as there is still grade school curriculum. It sounds like what they do with the new fifth grade questions is also very smart in that they're going from different subjects but they're not repeating questions and they can easily do exactly what I said earlier and, and kind of rewrite first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade questions to feel more fifth grade in their, in their final round. And by making it 60 seconds, it's the urgency. And that's what makes it so different from the other formats that that's why I think it works. It's because now the fifth grade questions, which are should be the toughest questions, are now also under a time pressure, and you you end up either fumbling or still excelling, which is also really cool. Now, every other version of the show, I guess we got to 
finish off with the international UK version. Uh, they did Are You Smarter Than a 10-Year-Old? Because they go by years. Uh, and they did two versions. One with Dick and Dom, who did Saturday morning cartoon blocks. And one hosted by that lovable Noel Edmonds from Deal or No Deal. So one played like more like your know, childhood friends at the schoolyard, and one tried to play it like a headmaster. Eh. Then you had Australian version with Rove McManus, which I thought was really fun to watch, with the weird thing being that one of the questions was about Pokemon, and I was like, wait, they're going out of the great, like, the library of, of books to go with, like, pop culture? This is kind of weird. And I've seen multiple Asian versions of this show because, to me, it's such an international formula of what kids know and grown-ups of various statures trying to figure it out, which was what the original Fox version had. But my ultimate favorite one is uh, the, I believe it's from India, and it's called Ka'a Panche Passe Tene, and it's basically Can You Pass the Fifth Grade Test is the name of the show. And it has this most Bollywood introduction featuring like actors posing as judges looking confused by basic science or uh, generals looking at like a map of the world and then getting confused by like capital cities. And I'm like, yeah, this show rules. And it has like the coolest like theme song. I got to, you know, I hate to like in on before we go to the in credits, but I got to play this like song because it's just so catchy to me. And, like, the host is just wearing, like, a vest, so he's playing kind of, like, a modern kind of substitute teacher-looking thing. And I, it's, like, the costumes are fantastic on a lot of these formats. The way they present the classrooms are great. And I think that's kind of where I want to end the show. Is Yeah, I feel like I'm dragging you back and talking about international formats. Is it, Millionaire's success was because big money's thrown out at easy questions in the tension. But this is a subversion of that. You're throwing big money at it, but the questions are easy. The catch is that instead of the lifelines being phone a friend and ask the audience, your help is in the form of children. And that adds so much tension to the game as well because if because the the, quest, the game from is basically are you smarter than a child can you beat a kid not in that way not in that way you fools no in a in a way where it's 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 in 
it's in, in the stuff you learn in education when you went through college, when you got your doctorate. And the show is trying to tell, like, bring you back into the time when you were a kid and try and, and have that one moment where you're feeling innocent again, like when children were innocent. So you're, you're back into that mood. You're back in that classroom. The questions are not me- meant to trick you. These are show these questions are meant to educate the public on what are kids trying to learn in schools now and also reintroduce you to the things you might have forgotten when in a K through 12 education because the idea is supposed to be you go back like you're you get like your first and second grade animal science you think back to the time you had that field trip to the zoo as we all did so that question's going to pop up about an animal that you most likely you have seen at the zoo, but most likely you might for have forgotten what the genus species is. So it's a show that's trying to make, like, a, yes, you're going to be made fun of because you don't understand questions given to seven-year-olds. Like, that's the main ha-ha joke. At the same time, it's trying to make you feel like you should never give, you should never grow up. You should always have that little kid and like at heart and still have that that open mind and learn everything there is to know about the world. Keep questioning stuff like you would when you were in elementary school because the the world is so expansive. The the world of general knowledge is more than what you will see any night on any other quiz show. So it's that great game show that can act as both a children's game show in an adult game show while still giving both audiences something to look forward to. Rather, it's learning something new or feeling smarter than somebody else because you knew it. And that's an exciting thing in the world of game shows. And all of the flavoring of the show, from from the students to the classmates to the cheats to the subjects, it all fits. And that's why I think Are You Smart Fifth Grader always kind of feels like a forgotten game show, especially in today's world, because they always see it as like a big money game show rip off millionaire. But when you branch out and look at the syndicated edition or John Cena's edition, you're looking at a newer version of that one past format, which feels like default. We changed it into being a... uh, expansive price tree formula with multipliers and we've made it so the kids come from all backgrounds and you still get the same kind of appeal the adult trying to answer the the question still trying to do math in their head and still feeling lost and hopeless but a kid's going to help them out and win and yes the kids do feel bad if they get the question wrong because to them that's why they got hired for the show is to help these grown-ups out and i think they might have an even more harsh feel than the grown-up getting it wrong so rather the stakes are a million dollars or one hundred thousand dollars you still have a great show you still have a fun format And while there is no word yet on season two and given audiences on game shows is very limited, they might have to fix something if they're ever going to bring the show back for season two. But I would love to see more of the show on Nickelodeon. That's going to do it for us here on 
the Are You Smarter Than Fifth Grader episode of Game Shows, I Suppose. Now imagine I'm doing the thing where I'm counting to five on one hand and waving goodbye. Like the like Jeff Foxworthy. See, are you smarter than a fifth grader? Till then, see you next time. Bye-bye.